Hello everyone and welcome back to Crime World Podcast. My name is Anne and today's story is the story of Raina Rison. I would like to take this time as well to mention that if you or someone you know have been victims or are victims of domestic abuse, there is help for you out there. Call at 1-800-799-7233. All calls are free and confidential. You can also head online to the website thehotline.org and chat with them live. Your safety is their priority. All phone calls and chats are completely confidential. Now let's get back to the story of Raina Rison. Raina Rison was born on May 6, 1976. Her parents were Ben and Karen Rison from Laport, Indiana. This is an extremely small community with lots of streets filled with little cafes and bars, very small population and really quiet and as a result, really low crime rates. No one expected anything to happen in such a small community, but unfortunately in the spring of 1993, this small town in Indiana faced something truly shocking to the community. As a sophomore at LaPorte High School, Raina received really good grades and she played three instruments. She played the clarinet, the oboe, and the flute, and she was part of the LaPorte High School marching band. She was extremely badass in my opinion and also worked three jobs on top of all these activities. One of her jobs happened to be working at the local animal hospital called Pinke Lake Animal Hospital and her job there was cleaning the kennels, walking to dogs and this was basically a dream job for her because she wanted to be a vet. On March 26, 1993, Raina, at the age of 16, was scheduled to work at the animal hospital from the hours of 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. that day. After her shift at the hospital, she had plans to go on a date with Matt Elser, and she wore these jeans, this shirt, and also a letterman jacket that Matt had given her in the years prior to them dating. What's important to know about this couple is that they had recently broken up and they were planning to get back together and this date was basically them trying to talk it over. They've been on and off and they finally were on. Matt Elser was also a sophomore at the same time that Raina was a sophomore. The next events, um, a lot of sources flip them, but... It really doesn't matter. Some sources say that he went over to the animal hospital and noticed that she wasn't there. He arrived at the clinic at 6 to pick her up. And when he noticed that she wasn't there, he drove over to um, her house. And her father opened a door and said that she never returned home. And he tells him to come in and wait for her. Um, The events were also flipped in other sources where they said that he went to her house first to pick her up and then he went over to the clinic. He looked around and noticed that no lights were on and the building appeared to be closed, which was weird because she was supposed to be working from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. that day, but everything was closed. It was 10.30 p.m. and still no sign from Raina. Her parents and her younger sister at the time, Wendy, went over to the police station after Wendy came back and reported her as a missing person. But just like a lot of 
missing person cases they were told to wait 24 hours they told her hey she's 16 she's about to change her mind about her plans give her 24 hours and after 24 hours you can come back and file a missing persons report her father insisted that this was not like reina but the police didn't budge it hasn't been 24 hours therefore there was nothing they could do the next day reina's family began to search for her before the police even began to do their own thing they put flyers up for her they were calling neighbors people asking if they've seen her asking things and it made the police realize like hey maybe we should probably jump in and they finally went ahead and made a public appeal to get any information leading to reyna's whereabouts and leads started to come in After the public appeal, there were two leads. Witnesses reported to police that they saw Reyna outside of the animal hospital speaking to two men in a sedan. The witness said that she appeared to be arguing with one of them and they assumed, the witness, that it was a lover's quarrel with one of them in the car. Of course, the first person that came to mind was Matt and they questioned him first. Matt then retold his story about not finding her at the animal hospital which he thought was weird because they had plans that afternoon, him driving up to her parents' house and then waiting for her to come home and then going to the police station. He explained everything and one of the sources I read said that Matt was also considered in quotations to be a parent-approved young man. So the police actually never had any reason to doubt his story. So they went ahead to the other lead. The following morning, the other lead that came in was that they saw Raina's car with the hood up nine miles away from where the animal hospital was. Timothy, which was a police officer in the case, ran over to the scene, ran the plates, and yes, it was Raina's car. Police, once at the scene, assumed that at the sight of the car, she had some car trouble. And the car was her purse on the passenger seat and the man's ring. It thought and looked that it was like a breakdown. The police went ahead and the key was still in the ignition, so they started the car and it started off with no problem. Now, if you remember, a ring was also found. One officer asked around about who this ring belonged to, and only Matt had an answer to that question. He said that it belonged to a guy named Jason Tibbs. Jason Tibbs was Reyna's ex-boyfriend. They dated in seventh grade, and they lasted about six months prior to their breakup. Right after that relationship, that's when Reyna started dating Matt Elser. Jason wasn't really liked by the family or by Matt. He was known as a troublemaker. He had dropped out of high school. His parents didn't his parents weren't around and Reina's parents didn't really like him for her. However, him and Reina still stayed close friends besides all of this, and there was a rumor that he actually still had feelings for her and he sometimes wrote her love letters. Jason was actually tracked down by the police officers and he confirmed that the ring was his. He admitted that he was doing some work in her car. He then took off the ring and placed it in the glove box compartment and then must have forgotten about it. 
who was actually one of the people looking for her after her disappearance that night. He went over to the family's house, they looked around, they searched, and when he was asked what he was doing the night before, he said that he was playing this game with his friends after he had tutored these two girls. They went and played a game of fox hunting, which is basically hide and seek but using cars. They actually confirmed with the two girls that yes, he was there. And then they also confirmed with the people that were playing the fox hunting game that he was there as well. This was a very hot case in Indiana. So this case ended up on America's Most Wanted. Tips started coming in and they received an important tip that leads them to Fail Road. And there at Fail Road, they found a Letterman jacket, the one that she was wearing that day, seven miles from where her car was found. The jacket, like I said, belonged to Matt, who had given it to Raina. On April 26, 1993, a man was fishing with his daughter at a local pond just off the road. His daughter decides to explore the area of the pond, and that's when she found something in the pond. There, she found a fully clothed body with two logs across his back. The father called the police, and when a detective arrived, Dave realized the person was wearing similar clothing to what Raina was wearing, the jeans and the shirt, when she went missing, and it was Raina Ryson. The cause of her death was asphyxiation. Now, the next part of the story was and is the part of the story that a lot of people get upset about because as a result of leads and tips coming in, People started to understand what was going on in Raina's life and who were the people that surrounded her. And that's when people started to get upset. Um, The one tip, the very hot tip, was about Ray McCarty. Ray McCarty was actually married to Raina's older sister, Lori. There were stories about him, Ray McCarty, molesting Raina. And she even got pregnant when she was younger. She went ahead and had an abortion, and Ray McCarty was convicted. His probation actually ended two months before Raina's murder. He basically changed his story. At first, he said he didn't see Raina the night that she went missing and then murdered, and then he changed the story to actually seeing her the night that she vanished. He was looking around for houses in the area and noticed that Raina and her car were in the parking lot. He approached her and asked her if she knew where her sister Lori was, and Raina said she did not. He had also picked up a female hitchhiker that night, and that's the reason why he didn't say anything about seeing Raina that night, because Lori was still a little iffy about him and didn't trust him as much, which is understandable, but I just don't understand why she was still with him. There was another lead police officers followed to a guy named Larry Hill. This one is a little crazy because Indiana police had pulled over a van that he was driving and inside the van they found newspaper clippings about Raina's disappearance, about the murder, just a bunch of little newspaper about Raina and who she is. And then they also found a prescription bottle with the name R. Ryson on it. So people claim that he was the one that killed and abducted Raina. But police discovered that he actually was in Kentucky when Raina disappeared and the prescription bottle was fake. So this was a fake trophy that he created. He, however, was arrested for the murder of 30 to about 40 women and 
none of them was Raina Ryson. The case went cold, but it wasn't until March 2008 that they reopened the case. They looked at all different people in Raina's life, and while the case was reopened, they received a lead from a guy named Ricky Hammonds, who was 14 at the time of Raina's murder. He contacted the police, saying that he had information about the case. He was in prison at the time of the murder, which is why he didn't come forward prior to. Hammonds told detectives that he witnessed Jason Tibbs and another man later identified as Eric Freeman pulling up to Raina's place of work. Police interviewed Eric in 2008 and then offered him immunity in 2013 in exchange for his testimony. He told the detectives in this case that Jason came to the hospital towards the end of her shift to convince Raina that they needed to get back together. Raina didn't want to, and then that's when the argument started. Jason then proceeded to hit Raina, knocking her to the ground, and then strangled her to death. He said that he noticed that Jason Tibbs and another man pulled up to Eric's family pole barn in Eric's sister's car and didn't realize that Ricky was hiding inside. Eric at the time was dating Ricky's sister. When Jason and Eric opened the truck, Ricky saw a body inside covered by a blanket with the face exposed. He didn't realize it was Raina until after he saw the case on the news. Police asked why he didn't come forward in 1993 and he stated that he was hiding in the barn because he was smoking marijuana and he didn't want to get into any trouble. Meaning that if he didn't think he was going to get into any trouble, he would have came forward and this case would have been solved a really long time ago, but he didn't. He then told police officers that Eric, after the events unfolded, told him that if I can't have her, nobody can. Police finally arrested Jason Tibbs at 38 years old and charged him for the murder of Raina Ryson. According to the investigation, he was a person of interest early on in the investigation. We knew this. They found his ring in the car and they also found letters from Jason to Raina taken from her bedroom that stated that he would go to almost any extreme to be her boyfriend again. He was sentenced to 40 years in prison. To finish off the story, I actually want to add on this quick little update about Ray because a lot of people were upset about what happened to Ray and how he just got away with molesting a child and only getting like a couple years in prison and then getting off with probation so Ray was actually put in jail again for battery resulting in serious bodily injury and while he was in jail he committed suicide now this is the end of the story but that doesn't stop my questions or anybody else's questions what do you think about this case of Raina Ryson? This case, although solved, still has many people asking questions. Like, for example, why did the sister continue to be with the man that violated her little sister and she knew about it? Why were so many people able to lie for Jason Tibbs at the fox hunting game? For example, the people that he tutored, as well as the people who were involved in the fox hunting game. Larry Hall? How sick is it to create a fake trophy for the murder of a young girl? What was the reason for that? Was he trying to come forward for the other 30 murders that he committed? Was that a way of him getting into the radar of policemen? Let me know what you think. You can find us on Instagram now at Crime World Podcast. Follow us and keep up to date. 
hope to see you guys next time with a brand new case. Thank you.